My name is Alex Barthet. I am a board certified construction lawyer here in Florida. And today we're going to talk about how to get your retainage paid faster. So let's get started. On the agenda today, we're going to talk about uh, what retainage is. We're going to talk about retainage on private projects. And then we're going to talk about retainage on public projects and the laws and contract provisions that govern both of those situations all with the aim of trying to get it paid to you faster. Um, at the end, we'll answer any questions you have. And with respect to those questions, go ahead and use the GoToWebinar chat box, which should be on your screen. You can go ahead and submit the questions at any time. We will read them at the end. Please do not include the names of any people or companies in your questions. Um, all right, let's get right into it. So what is retainage? For those that don't know, retainage is an amount of money that is held back during the course of construction, uh, and it serves typically two purposes. One, it's intended to create some type of incentive for the contractors to finish. Nothing is a better incentive to finish your work than actually getting paid. And the other, which is the other side of the same coin, uh, that is to give the owner some protection in the instance where work is not completed and they have to pay someone else to finish it, they're holding back a little bit of money to allow them to do that. Retainage typically is 10%, but aside from public projects, which we'll talk about in the statutes that govern it, it's a contractual uh, understanding, meaning it doesn't have to be 10%. Sometimes, for example, we advise clients well, maybe instead of offering to provide a payment and performance bond, they can hold 15% or 20% um, as a way to provide some additional security um, and to have some give and take in the process. So don't assume that it absolutely positively has to be 10%. It can be any amount that you and the other side are willing to negotiate. Okay, so let's talk about retainage on private projects. So we're going to get into deep in the weeds on the laws governing retainage on public projects, but know that on private projects, there is no rule or law that mandates retainage has to happen, what retainage amounts have to be held, or how retainage is governed. It is 100% controlled by what is in your contracts. So how do you figure out what the retainage is supposed to be, you're going to have to look at your contract. So let's talk about some things to keep in mind, depending on where you are in the chain of contracts. So obviously, as an owner, you want to try to hold retainage. Typically, that's 10%. But as I told you before, it can be any amount that you can negotiate. Uh, but the standard is 10%. As a GC, general contractor, you want to try to get early release of retainage um, as a provision in your construction contract. Obviously, you would like the least amount held. If you were the general contractor in an ideal world, you would have no retainage held. You would want all the money paid every time you submit a bill. Um, the, some of the things that we see uh, happen during the course of construction or the course of negotiating a construction contract, um, people carve out things about what is and isn't included in retainage. So, for example, it's not, un it's not uncommon to see 
a provision that says that retainage is 10%, but no retainage will be held on the general contractor's general conditions or fee. So that's a way to carve out some aspects of the amount that's being withheld by the owner. Um, staying with the GC, uh, one of the things you want to make sure that you always do is you want to make sure that any retention that's being held by you is a flow down to your subcontractors, meaning you don't want to find yourself in a contractual provision, a contractual situation where you are being, uh, where, with, where re retainage is being held against you by the owner, but you are contractually obligated to pay retainage early to your subcontractors. So what you wanna do is you wanna make sure that retention to your subs is conditioned upon receipt of those funds by the owner. Now, the same is true for the subs in your subcontracts, uh, meaning you want to, when you're negotiating the subcontract, you as a subcontractor want to try to get retainage released early. And if you have sub subcontracts, you want to make those, uh, the retainage due to them, uh, conditioned on your receipt of those retention funds by the contractor. So let's take a look at a sample contract provision on getting retainage released early. So this is a provision designed for a subcontract favorable to a subcontractor. And it reads, half of subcontractor's retainage shall be paid when subcontractor has completed half of its work. And at substantial completion of subcontractor's work, all but the lesser of 1% or the value of any incomplete and punch list work shall be paid to contractor. Final payment shall be paid, shall be made to subcontractor at completion of its punch list. So as this provision describes, it says that you are entitled to, as a subcontractor, half of your retainage when you are halfway through the project. Now, these are, um, relatively common but arbitrary milestones. You could say that you want half your retainage at half at, at 50% and then another 50% of your retainage at 80%. So just know that contractually you can agree to whatever you want as long as you get the other side to agree and it shows up as part of your uh, or in your construction contract. Now, if your contract is silent on the release of retainage, then much more likely than not, your retention is going to be held 100% until full and final completion. So what does that mean? That means that if your contract says that they're going to hold retainage, but it has no early retainage release provision, then that 10% is going to be held until the very, very end of the job. So it should be an item that you are actively negotiating, just like you're negotiating the scope and the price and the schedule, uh, actively negotiating when retention is released is, is very important. What we typically see on the subcontractor side is that contractors are more than happy to release retainage to you 
so long as it's released to them by the owner. So as I indicated earlier, they will almost always make it a condition of payment to you, uh, meaning the payment to them by the, uh, the payment to the contractor by the owner of retention is a condition of the contractor paying you your retention as a subcontractor. So that is not an unreasonable request. What you want to marry that with, if possible, is an obligation for them to ask uh, the owner so, so that you can in, increase the likelihood that it happened, so that they have to make the request that retention is uh, drawn down. So that's retainage on private projects. Let's talk about public projects. Um, unlike private projects where there are no laws, for Florida construction projects, there are very specific provisions that deal with the release of retention. In uh, 2000, the law was changed. Um, the old law used to be that you would be able to get uh, half of your retention when you were halfway through the project. So you would reduce retention from 10% to 5%. That changed with a recent amendment to various statutes to now a flat 5% throughout the life of the project, so long as the project is in excess of $200,000. Meaning um, that any project that was advertised for bid or entered into by any government entity after this, uh, October 1st, 2020, has a flat 5% retention throughout the course of the project. So this is great news actually, because it significantly reduces the amount of retention being held from the outset of the project. You know, reducing retention from 10% to 5% um, is great. It makes a big difference in a contractor's cash flow, and that flows down to all of the subs and subtrades as well. Uh, what it does do, though, is it repeals the ability for the contractor to request half of the retention at halfway, uh, at 50% at completion, meaning that because now it's 5% instead of 10%, you don't get the opportunity to reduce it from 5% to 2.5% at 50%. So it's going to stay 5% from the beginning of the job to the end of the job. That's you know, that's the, the give and take uh, with that statute. Um, it also prevents the holdback of more than 5% when you are to, you, when you have to pay your subs. So the law requires that that uh, retention holdback of 5% applies not just to the GC, but to all of its subcontractors as well. So this applies to every state and local government construction project in the state of Florida. There are certain very, very limited exceptions. They're so insignificant that they're quite frankly not even worth talking about. Um, but do know that this does, does not apply to FDOT projects. So this 5% does not apply to FDOT projects which are governed by chapter 337 of the Florida statutes. 
Now, once a project has re reached substantial completion, on projects over $10 million, retainage is due within 30 days. However, um, for projects over $10 million, retainage is due in 30 days unless it's extended by contract, meaning your contract can require that it be held longer, but it can never exceed 60 days. Um, and then on top of that, the municipal authority, to the extent a good faith dispute exists, can withhold up to 150% of the value of the work to be completed. So it gives them an opportunity to continue to hold back some portion of the retainage so long as there is some type of dispute related to incomplete punch list uh, or um, work that they are not satisfied with. Now, if you're a GC, once you've received retainage, you must pay your subs that retainage within 10 days. And if you're a subcontractor and you've received that retainage payment from the GC, you have to make that payment within seven days. And the failure to make these timely payments along the chain, whether that's from the municipal authority to the GC or from the GC to the sub or the sub to the sub sub or supplier, um, the party that has been aggrieved has the opportunity to make a claim for up to 1% uh, per month of additional interest. So even if your contract says that you're only entitled to 1% a year of interest, with respect to this retainage that's being withheld in violation of the statute, you're entitled to 1% per month. Um, I've been doing this a long time. It's very rare that anyone is gonna get so animated over the unpaid amount that they're going to uh, actually demand and get paid this 1%. That being said, you know, if it's been withheld long enough and it's a significant amount of money, it, it could add up to real dollars. Um, while not able to change the foregoing as a GC, as a sub adding early retainage release um, in your contracts on a public job is still very, very important. So. No, as a GC, you are governed by the provisions in this statute. So the municipal authority has to comply with those rules. And even if you're a sub, they still have to comply with those rules with the GC. But that doesn't mean that you can't negotiate something potentially better as a sub. So for example, if you're a sub on a public project, you may want to try to include in your contract with the GC earlier release of retainage, so even less than the 5%. Um, it may not work, but if you get it put in your contract, and that's a contract provision between you and the GC, um, even though they may not be entitled to their retainage, they're technically obligated to pay you. Again, I, it's pretty rare that we see a GC find himself in the pinch of having to pay subs because they always make it conditioned on receipt by the owner. But having a contract provision is always very helpful. Um, if you can. So with that, we are officially done. Goodbye, everybody.